time, we'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by, we'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Senhor, eu vejo o mundo triste, atribulado pela ação de Satanás. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Clamando no escuro, correndo e olhando. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. I'm glad that you're with us this morning. My name is Rick Bonfim, and we're in Athens, Georgia. This is Rick Bonfim Ministries, and we're broadcasting on Ustream. And uh, I want to say a welcome to those of you that uh, are listening throughout the world. So many people uh, last week tuned up to LaTerrain.com. By the way, Amen. the name LaTerrain, it spells, it spells his latte, like the coffee. L-A-T-T-E, and then the word rain, and you put the two together, latte rain, amen. Why is that the way it is? It's because I felt like in my heart, if we're going to do something of this nature, God has to do a miracle, and it's not, it's the worst name for a website you could ever find. Difficult to spell, but that's the way it is. God will show you. If, he, if, if what I have is not for you, then, then you won't find us, Amen. And we're protected by you because if you don't need us, you don't need to be listening. But I tell you, the people who are listening to us and watching this morning on their telephone and their computer at home, they need this word this morning. Jason Goins is called of God to, to, to bring this word this morning. He is a gifted uh, master carpenter, has two boys and a beautiful wife called Karen, and they live in, uh, in, in Virginia. And, of course, he is uh, part of uh, uh, a ministry of the cross. What hallmark? Birthmark. Birthmark ministries. And, uh, and of course, uh, we'd love to have him here. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Amen. You are my joy. You are my song. You are the well I'm drawing from. You are my refuge whole life long. Where else could I go? Surely my God is the strength of my soul. Your love defends me. Love defends me. And when I feel like I'm all alone, your love defends me. Your love defends me. 
day after day, after night, I will remember you with me in this fight. Although the battle it rages so, it's already won. I know the war is already won. Surely, my God. Father God, we thank you this morning for what you're doing in us, Lord. This morning we lift our hearts, Father, praying for America today, Lord. What comes to my mind is is Denise. Her first name is Denise. Praying for her this morning that you lift Denise and encourage her, God. Strengthen her in what you have called her to be in, in, in this very confusing world today. God, I pray specifically, Lord, that you bless abundantly a, a, a girl called India and Michelle. We pray, Lord, for these two ladies this morning, God, that you come, Holy Spirit, and do the healing that needs to be done in their lives. We claim their lives for you, Lord Jesus. God, we pray for a special Sherry, Lord. And Mike, God, I pray, God, that there will be a turnaround and a Life of Sherry and, and, and Mike. We pray, God, for, for Sandra, Lord, wherever Sandra is this morning, and Terry. We bless them abundantly, Lord. I pray that they be safe and secure and, and enjoying their new home. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.
we're going to uh, invite uh, Jason to come to be with us, Jason, and it's a privilege. Jason is uh, graduating from uh, 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 Regents Theological Seminary in, uh, in a place called Virginia Beach. And here is, and of course, uh, those of you on the Atlanta Bible Study remember Jason because he's done a lot of ministry here. He spent time with us a couple of years, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Two years. Two years. And now Jason is uh, finishing seminary, uh, and, and, and uh, God has a future for him. Amen? Share with us, brother. All right. <clears throat> well, in light of, uh, I've been listening, Rick, to your uh, some of your podcasts on um, on prophecy, and um, since the first day of this COVID nineteen situation that we have, right, God's been speaking to me about that very thing, actually. Um, and uh, he's really talking to me out of this chapter from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 32. Um, The whole chapter is great. You should read the whole thing. But I'm going to stick to um, verses 1 through 15 today because of time, right? Um, Jeremiah 32, 1 through 15. And interestingly, as I was thinking about this last night, um, this little set of passages really gives a a pattern of a lot of prophets. This is what a lot of prophets go through if you go through the Old Old Testament, Old Testament prophets, right? Um, But I'm not going to get into that. I want to go right forward. Um, (laughs) Here's my message, okay? Uh, Investing in the kingdom in a time of trouble. Um, this is Jeremiah. It says this. Now, I want to give you a background, actually, first, right? Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. The reason he we- is a weeping prophet is because right from the beginning, God called him as a little, as a young boy, and said, nobody's going to listen to you. <laughs> and he said all of these things to all of these people, and basically the whole time, up until this point, he says to the people of Israel, um, we're too far gone. There's something coming that we can't stop. There's an enemy coming to us that we we can't stop it from happening. We, we've gone too far in one direction. And um, there's no turning back. <clears throat> but this is a pivotal chapter in that book. In my heart, um, and here's here's why. Um, so we start this chapter, and it says this: uh, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. At that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the guard that was in the palace of the king of Judah. For Zedekiah, king of Judah, 
had imprisoned him, saying, Why do you prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and shall speak with him face to face, and see him eye to eye, and he shall take Zedekiah to Babylon, and there he shall remain until I visit him, declares the Lord. Though you fight against the Chaldeans, you shall not succeed. <clears throat> this is Jeremiah's message to the king. Jeremiah gets a double pain. I feel his double pain right now as our country goes through protests and disease. Because Jeremiah is not only locked in by his government for saying what they don't want him to say, but he's also surrounded by an army that he knows right out of the Lord's mouth is coming and there's no stopping it. It's, it there's no turning it back. You're just going to have to go through it, is what God says. And the king's mad at him, so he locks him in the tower. <laughs> so he's locked away at home, kind of like me. <laughs> right? And so... Um, But this is one of the reasons um, that a prophet has a hard time often, right? Um, in Matthew 13:57, Jesus talks about a prophet not having honor in their own hometown or home country or with their family, right? So two of those things that often trouble a person that's called as a prophet are that um, his family and his friends don't hear the warnings, and the people that he's supposed to give warnings to aren't very happy about it. <clears throat> he, she, they, right? <laughs> um, many female prophets in the, in the New Testament. Um, but that's not the point. This is just getting us to where, we, where we're going. So Jeremiah is in the worst of the worst. An army is going to knock down the wall that he's imprisoned in, and he's under arrest by his king. And this is what God does. God comes to him and says this. Jeremiah <coughs> said this. The word of the Lord came to me. Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you and say, Buy my field that is in, at Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase <clears throat> by purchase is yours. Then Hanamel, my cousin, came to me in the court of the guard in accordance with the word of the Lord and said to me, Buy my field that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. You see, Jeremiah heard God say, your cousin's coming to you and this is exactly what he's going to say and if he says it to you, do it. And it's confirmed right there, right in this passage. 
Um, he says, And I bought the field at Anathoth from, from Hanamel, my cousin, and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed it, the money on the scale. Then I took and sealed the deed of purchase containing the terms, and I gave the deed of purchase. I'm going to skip a little bit forward because this is all detail, right, about how they did legal stuff back then. <clears throat> and then it says this. I charged Baruch. That's a, the basically their equivalent of his lawyer or the person handling his legal stuff. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in earth, earthenware vessels, that they may last for a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall, shall again be bought in this land. Now this is what the Lord has, has been speaking to me since March. I watched the church close all over this country. But I hear God saying, buy the field. There's no harvest if you don't buy the field. This is Jeremiah's prophetic sign to us. Right now, today. Buy the field. Don't let the fear give you a mentality of poverty. Um, and, and here's what happens, right? He does this thing, which is interesting as I, I listen to Rick's um, discussions, right? One of the ways that we describe prophecy as, is as a, as a speaking gift. But I, I wrote a whole paper on the prophet and prophecies earlier this year. And I noticed one thing that is often pointed out about prophets in, in a couple of my theology books. They do acted out prophetic signs. So here's some examples. Acts 21, 10 through 12. That's Agabus. He grabs, um, I think he takes Paul by the belt and he picks him up and he says, the guy wearing this belt is going to, Actually, could some, is, do you have a microphone? Could somebody read that? <clears throat> I'll, I'll paraphrase and then Betty can read it while we're waiting for the mic. Um, basically, he says, this is what's going to happen to Paul. Uh, 21, 10 through 12, I believe, will be the most and of the And as we were staying there for some days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So, and then another one, just because I'm the guy with the tent and cross, is in Exodus 31, 1 through 5. And this is a guy... <coughs> um, named Bezalel. It was 31, 1 through 
Yes, 31, 1 through 5. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for settings, and in the carving of wood, that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. So, um, background on this story. Bezalel built the tabernacle, the tents, the poles, the pieces. God gave him the measurements, the signs, and Moses anointed him to do this task under God's command. He's a, and it said, he is the first person that we know of that says the Holy Spirit came upon him when Moses anointed him to know all of these things. <clears throat> so, and then if you go to Hebrews 9, and we won't read that chapter because that's the whole chapter, it talks about how that tent and that temple was a prophetic sign to the nation of Israel about Jesus and his priestly ministry to, um, as Melchizedek, under the, under the ministry of Melchizedek. And so Bezalel made a tent that testifies of Jesus. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of prophecy. Because it testifies of Jesus. This is how the Holy Spirit is testifying of Jesus to Jeremiah. He says, buy a field. And when Jesus comes, he says... The harvest is coming soon. He says, the, he says, uses all the metaphors of the field. The, the planter goes out and he plants and he has all these different places in the field. The, the weed and the wheat. Um, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. He's speaking of this. They've had a hard time, but some were faithful to invest in the kingdom Jason, because when you begin to future. talk about, uh, so let me see if I can understand now. Prophecy, uh, as the as the place of the prophet, yes. not New Testament, but prophet, is is sort of a shows up in time of need. Yes. Uh, when Agabus came, he was prophesying that Paul would be in chains as he as he went to Jerusalem, which indeed was he was from there carried with the with the soldiers back to. Caesarea, from there he was sailed to Rome. So Agabus was perfectly right. So in time of need, uh, Beziel, Bezalel, Bezalel uh, received from God an anointing for a job that needed to be done to build the, the tabernacle. Yes. So when need shows up, the prophetic shows up. Is yes. This, so the need that um, Bezalel met is his chapter speaking of Bezalel and building of the of the tent is right after they build a calf because they need a thing to they need to understand how to physically move in worship and then God says go anoint this guy and he'll make a bunch of stuff and we'll rein it in we'll we'll, we'll give you something to focus on here and that's a that's a prophecy from him I, I believe and in that way I think you could say that prophecy that a prophet or prophecy is a communication gift, even more than a speaking gift. Because 
many of the Old Testament prophets testified through things like Jeremiah signing a deed, um, laying on your side for super long amounts of time. Lots of gross things that I don't want to talk about, <laughs> right? Um, and even even when Jesus came, they asked him for a sign that was like that, that would prove that he was a prophet. And he said, I won't give you a sign except for the sign of Jonah. And the resurrection was his sign as a prophet. Right? It was the fulfillment of all of the things, of all of the things. It was the sign that he had fulfilled all things. So, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to Jeremiah and said, Listen, you're in jail. The jail's going to get knocked over, and you're going to be taken captive, and they're going to take you off. I believe they took Jeremiah to Egypt, I think. I, I'm not positive about um, that, but off the top of my head, I believe they took him one way, and they took the other captives another way. They kind of split people up in different phases, right? Um, <clears throat> so this is what God is speaking to Jeremiah, but he's not just saying, Jeremiah, I want your family to be rich when they're, when they're done with all this. I don't, I'm not saying I want you to be sent off somewhere to en- and buy this field so you can enrich yourself when you come home. What he's saying is, buy this while you're in jail in front of the king and all of the people and all of the witnesses that you will have in the king's court. Because he would have had to have all of these people oversee it and record it and say, this is my sign to you. We are coming back. Don't give up. Don't let everything go to trash. Don't let everything fall apart. There will be a harvest in this field again. So invest in it. This is what I think the Lord is speaking definitely to me. I know He's saying this to me. Invest now. Because there will will be a harvest. But I think He's saying that to some of you that are watching this today. Um that have gotten under under a prison of fear or desperation or I don't know when this will ever end. So what? why should I do anything but sit at home and, and watch the CNN news report? Or, you know, I, I catch myself. Fox News. What I'm saying is I catch myself all the time sinking into this... Um, sinking into this prison of my of my my country's own making like of everything around me like Jeremiah right i'm in this i i get i have to break myself out of this imprisoned state that i'm just held down by ever all of my circumstances that i'm just broke that i that i can't move but Jeremiah does what he can do he can't go out he can't go running around and, and speaking to everybody, but he can buy this field. And it comes the, the opportunity comes to him. So if the opportunity comes to you, 
as like Rick says, right, the need is going to come to you, and when it's there, move with it. We move, either move to the need, and if we can't move to the need, we wait till the need comes us, and we deal with it, right? <clears throat> so that's what the Lord is asking the church to do. Look around you. Open your eyes. Listen to what the Lord is saying today to you, church. And I'm not talking about the building with the little white cross on the top. I'm talking to you, talking to me. Because our our automatic response is, what can my church do for me in this time? Or what can my, my church do for everybody else? Right? What can my church do? Which means, what can I think of that somebody else can do? That, I, that, that seems neat, <laughs> right? That seems neat. Um, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you invest because the doors are closed, but the curtain's still torn. There's something you can do as the church, as the body, as the flesh and blood body of Christ. And that's what Jeremiah is doing. He's doing what he can do. And he says the, the most encouraging thing that he can say in a time when you know that there's a big army clanking down the road and you're stuck behind the bar. He says, stick this in the safest place possible. Remember this as best as you can. Because the Lord says, your houses and your fields will come back to fruit. Only if you do this. They'll be in ruin if you don't. Let me make sure that's clear because I don't want to say it's all coming back if we just sit around and wait for it to all come back. Jeremiah is saying, if you invest in the field, you will come back and you will have plenty. <clears throat> the field will be there waiting for you. So I... I um, I wasn't going to talk about this at all, but I want to pray for. I want to give us a prayer. We're we're about to end, right? But I just wanted to give you that word today, that that Jeremiah is speaking to us today, and right before and right after he speaks of the blood of Jesus. Right before this, he talks of the new covenant, and right after this, he talks of of hope. And and just the other day, right before I left to come here, I I got I read this verse in a in a small um well it was for a prayer service that I was doing on on a <coughs> on a live Facebook thing. And it says um it says this. This is Zechariah 9 10 through 12. And there's a lot of good stuff in Zechariah 9, but just these these few, okay? I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. This is Jesus. As for you, also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I 
will set your prisoners free from a waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. For I have bent Judah as my bow, I have made Ephraim its arrow, I will stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and wield you like a warrior's sword. So this is my prayer of blessing for everybody that's watching and everybody in this room today. The Word says that God is our stronghold. He's our fortress. He's calling to us, return to me and become prisoners of hope. So Lord, I ask you today that you make everyone watching this broadcast, everyone listening on a podcast, all of us, Lord, we don't want to be prisoners of fear, God. We want to be prisoners of hope, Lord. We want to be your prisoners of hope, Lord God. We want to be surrounded by you, Lord God. We want to enter your gates. Your gates are praise. Your walls are our salvation. And we are prisoners of your hope, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you for these things in in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for um, everyone watching, Lord, that that you're moving in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a very important time in America, and I believe that uh, we have to invest in the field. Don't pay attention to fear, what's happening. Uh, just invest in the, in the God will try to put some money on that field, and that will bless you later. So the Lord is taking care of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah wanted to run and take care of the king and all of that, but the Lord says, go ahead and buy that field over there. Get busy on that. Just don't worry about that. And I, I got that. I got that. It was wonderful. So we're looking forward to be with you tomorrow. Just as we finish here, I want you to hear an interview between uh, Betty McKinney, uh, Cindy uh, uh, Walker, and, of course, uh, Frankie Appel. Uh, These are two workers in our ministry. I want you to get to know them. By the way, today we're going to be in the air all the way to 12 o'clock. Every 30 minutes we're going to be, be here. The Lord bless you. Yeah.